Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. I like it. So I was at I was at an event called Comedy Mania last night. I'm a, I'm a local comedian here, and uh, my friend Justin uh, and I get to pretend to be professional wrestlers for one night, which is we're it's it's our it's one of our passions. I'll admit. So we have a we also have a local wrestler who's in the mix with us who actually knows what he's doing. So he slams us around. It's a great time. It's a hoot. But Justin, who is a local radio, radio personality on 98 Rock here, he shows up. And our storyline is is that Justin is – we're teasing that Justin's finally found himself. He has changed, and now he's more confident. He's going to win the Comedy Mania title this year, back from me, the current title holder. And he's wearing a Sailor Moon outfit with a pink wig and cut-off Speedos. And his, he says that he's changed his name to Boyd Pussy. So he's now, he's now known as Boyd Pussy. <laughs> the angle that we played last night, Jeremy, <laughs> was that he was coming out and because the wrestler, he was on my side last year. But now our friendship is broken. We, we introduced this at the beginning of the show, but we haven't shown Justin yet. Justin comes up. That guy comes out, and he's just like, I'm in love with this man. I say, I've changed my body and thrown myself at you for years, and I take off my shirt. I'm fat. It's like, I, I transformed my body into this Adonis-like form, and you still denied me. I get super kicked. Then he, he Death Valley drives, where he's like on your shoulders like this, plows the one guy, Stefan, and then he gets me, and it is like I was... 300 pounds of massiveness just cracked the ring last night. So it was really fun. And uh, now Boyd Pussy has indeed retained the Comedy Mania title. So Did, did you did you mention to Mr. Gingold that uh, Justin has a very full, large beard? A very full, large beard. But listen, he's found himself, and that's the important thing. And we're excited to have our guest here uh, for a special interview, uh, Michael Gingold. Welcome to the uh, to the program. How are you, sir? I'm okay. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for ha- thanks for joining us. We're uh, we, we're a little comedy podcast that talks about horror movies and stuff like that. We did the suckling this week, uh, oh, yes. which we found out it's you indeed been- were the suckling, and we we're like, yeah. <laughs> and Jeremy, I was one of two sucklings. I should point out, I'm one of two. So, oh, there's you're just yeah. one. You're one of the sucklings. But where are you yeah. the most? Would you consider yourself the alpha suckling of the? Uh, it's hard to define. I mean, I'm in um, my big scene is the one where the suckling breaks through the wall and grabs the one actor. And then there's a bunch of scenes down in a basement where I'm the suckling kind of prowling around. I I would say the other guy's probably the alpha because he has more screen time, especially 
in the end when it invades the house. Would you consider uh, yourself the Steve Dash suckling or the Warrington <laughs> Gillette suckling? Uh, I don't. I, I have a long history with Warrington Gillette that I'll discuss at another time. So I don't know if I should get into that. But um, it's it's a lot more a, a lot more even a division of labor than in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I will say so. Oh, I hate to say that when I met Steve Dash, I wasn't that impressed by him being Jason, but to learn that he was the uh, the uh, oh gosh, get my brain together. Okay, but he was the stunt double for Billy Bats in Goodfellas. I was like, oh wow, yes. So, <laughs> yeah, so he he's been around that guy. He has a lot of great credits. Um, you look very, very, very familiar, and I'm surprised okay. that I didn't know who you were. But uh, tell me, do you go to every chiller in Monster Mania? Uh, almost every Monster Mania. I've been going to every other chiller because there's another event that always happens the same weekend in October that I go to. So I've been at every other one, every spring one, I guess, for the last several years, more than several. Geez, many, many years at this point. Are you familiar with... I think I've been going 20 years now. And um, do you actually, do you have a table that you uh, sell like Rue Morgues and Fangos at? Um, I've had a table with my publisher at Monster Mania for my ad nauseum books. Um, I haven't had a table. I don't think I've ever had a table at Chiller. But Monster Mania, I've, I've had a table for several years uh, in the like, yeah, the last few years. I've, uh, oh, and also, do you, do you go to New Jersey Horror Con? I've been to two of them. Um, I don't go to that one quite as regularly, but I have been there, yeah. Jeremy's okay. sure that he, he's had to have run into you. Now, if you've ever run into my sweet brother Jeremy here, uh, he is uh, he dresses up as uh, a Pogo the Clown. Uh, he's a John Wayne Gacy impersonator. Oh, and yes. I've definitely is... seen you around. I think I've taken some pictures of you. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a picture of me sitting on a, on a couch looking, you know, kind of nervously at you. Uh, if you were the same uh, clown that I recall, there, there's only there's only one Pogo. Although I have a friend named Sir Osis the clown who kind of could almost pass for Patches, I, and I'm trying to talk him into actually being Patches. Will be the double Gacy team. Now I'm like an E level style comedian, okay, uh, Michael. I'm I'm very self aware of what I, what I am in this world, right? And uh, I go to these uh, horror conventions from time to time, like a Monster Mania or stuff like that. And in the local area, occasionally I'll I'll walk into an Aldi's like, hey, you're the guy from that comedy show, right? Okay. When I walk in to a Monster Mania with 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 Pogo the Clown, forget any idea of fame I ever had. Okay, it goes by the wayside. People mob my sweet brother. They're like, oh my God, it's Gacy. Hey, can you take a picture with our kids? Hey, can you drag my kid while I take a picture of you? Like, oh, sure. <laughs> That's the really scary thing is the number of times I've seen you with like little kids like milling around you. And I'm wondering, like, do people actually know what Gacy did? They know the history behind this character that they're letting their little girl take a picture with them. It's a little creepy. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure one parent knows and also likes to play a trick on the other parent. And then, and then when both parents know, but the kid never has a clue. I'll usually say when they take the picture, bad parenting. 
I mean, are, are any kids, because some kids are scared of clowns. Have you ever terrified small children? Oh, very much so. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, Jeremy is kind of, you've grown as a as a performer over the years, because he used to, if people said, hey, my friend doesn't really like clowns, can you go scare him? Well, Jeremy actually traumatized one girl. So yeah, he does it. He refuses. To, he's like, no, 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 no. I need, I need consent scares from now on. <laughs> my, 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 my latest thing that really pissed me off is that my buddy Sir Osis went to a party we were going to go to, terrorized a woman there, and then when I show up, the guy whose husband says, you're going to have to leave because there was another clown being an ass around here. I'm like, I didn't do a damn thing. All I want to do is smoke a cigar with Ted Bohus, and now I can't because my buddy was being a dick. <laughs> oh, my good friend Ted Bohus. I saw, just saw him recently, too. Yeah, he really likes good cigars. He shared a cigar with me when we were smoking with... Uh, What's his name from uh, uh, Herschel, the, the Walking Dead? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. So, uh, all right. So enough about you. Get, How about we well, interview about our guest? Okay, you, relax. Okay. What do you think? Uh, so you know, you obviously you've had a long career in the horror industry, right? Uh, writing for Fangoria and stuff. What do you think it was that? Uh, it, what was the first thing you saw, I guess, in horror where you're like, I, I want to be involved with this world? Was there something that inspired you, that sparked you, that you said, ah, I saw this, or I experienced this, and I was like, this is, I want to do this all the time, or be part of it? Well, I guess the the movie that really set me off was the original Halloween, when I first saw mm. that. Um, I was 12 years old in 1979. I saw it on its first re-release in theaters. And like the year before that, I was scared of horror movies. Like I could barely watch them on TV. Mm-hmm. And then 79, I started seeing things like I saw Jaws on a re-release. I saw Phantasm, Alien. And then Halloween was the one that just scared the hell out of me and made me love it. And I became obsessed with that film and John Carpenter, which was great because Carpenter had a new movie like every year, practically through the 80s. Yeah. And that's yeah. what really got me into horror was was that film, the original Halloween. Yeah, and- I'm pretty much the same exact as you, except the John Carpenter film that scared me the most was Dark Star because that beat. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. That's that's pretty scary. <laughs> I mean, and it had hands underneath the beach ball. I don't mm-hmm. want to mess with that. You know, that's the beginnings of the Queen Alien right there. It's funny. Oh, that by the, the way, movie, <laughs> that the movie. By the way, Dark- Eric, we, we didn't do this right. Yeah, uh, we didn't introduce uh, Gingold correctly with his his theme music oh, for yeah, 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 entering yeah. our show. Yeah, there you go. Everybody, welcome Michael Gingold, everyone. There you go. There you go. A little Jeremy insisted that I pull up uh, uh, "Murderers in the Room" org by the by the great Iron Maiden. Oh, by Iron Maiden. So, nice. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I love John Carpenter as well, man. He's so you know, uh, I I probably own every one of his movies over here, and. Uh, you don't, never, own, you don't own cigarette burns. I don't own cigarette burns. But whenever I'm having like a bad day, for me, my favorite carpenter, I have to put on They Live because it, it, it itches all my – it scratches every itch I have. It was like it gives me my pro wrestling one because I get the great Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And just the one-liners in it are amazing. I just dropped like 35 bucks on this They Live uh, uh, NECA toy. Uh, which is I'm looking at right now, and it brings a tear to my eye, truly. So, Carpenter's great. I know my first movie that Jeremy's first movie was, I think, actually Alien. So you're you're messing up, but uh, 
I always thought the scariest movie that got me into horror was probably Poltergeist because as a, as a oh, kid in the 80s, a lot of kids. Yeah. I got to watch that. It, and it was one of those movies that was always on like channel four, like local uh, channels on like channel 14 on a Sunday. You could just sit there and watch Poltergeist every weekend. And I was like, this movie is not this is not this is unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a clown doll. I mean, getting back to clowns, that that scene got everybody. I think when they were kids, if you grew up in that era, I guess the hardest well, part to can... believe about that is like even I should. So I should. I have a twelve a twelve uh, year old daughter, and uh, I showed her showed her Poltergeist last week actually. And the first thing she says, she's like, "Why the hell does he have a clown doll in his room? Why put that thing out of the room <laughs> <laughs> immediately? Why? Like I, that's the one part about Poltergeist. Is I don't understand. You're like, oh, put the lovely murder doll." that stares at you while you sleep every night yes that makes sense well, there were a lot of scary toys back then um and i remember aurora had these model kits they had monster models and they had then they had these like really weird like torture chamber tableau things for a little while and then of course there were lots of protests and they went away but apparently some parents thought it was okay to have like a rack and a guillotine and all this stuff for their little <laughs> kids to assemble <laughs> Uh, so there, there were a lot of scary toys back in the back in the seventies and early eighties. Here, little Vincent Furnier, play with this toy. I hope it never affects you when you grow up. Exactly. Yeah. Here, we're gonna take down the French monarchy today, Mom. Yay! <laughs> like this. Yeah. I, we like to have fun. We like to have fun. So, so let's let's try to keep topic and um, yeah. please tell us um, overall. Uh, sense of the suckling when you finally saw the finished product and maybe if you can tell us some of your favorite lines from the suckling oh god um, <laughs> I, you know I, I was thinking about this before I, I honestly can't remember where and when I first saw it which is weird because I have so many specific memories of when and where I saw certain horror films uh, lots of them but I honestly can't recall where I saw it it played uh, at the Bleecker Street Cinema uh, coincidentally on a double bill with Space Avenger, which I had an extra part in, which wound up in the cutting room floor. But I don't think I saw it there. I probably saw it on video the first time, on tape. And I, I had a pretty good sense of the kind of movie it was from the beginning. You know, just when I heard the the the, um, the subject described to me, <laughs> when I, I got a call from a friend who was working on it, asking me if I wanted to play the creature because they'd made a creature suit for this actor, but he wasn't free on weekdays. He had a day job. So on days when I didn't have class, I was at NYU at the time. I came down, played the monster. And so I asked him, like, what's this? What kind of creature is this? What's the creature all about? And there's this <laughs> silence on the other end of the line. <laughs> and I'm like, you might as well tell me because I'm going to find out at some point. And then he told it to me. And, you know, I'm like, all right, I get it. Um, you know, I thought it might be a trauma film. Turns out it was not. But it was definitely down, you know, up trauma's alley. So, yeah, I, I wasn't over because, you know, I got the whole script. I read the script. So I wasn't too surprised when I saw the finished movie. Um, I, I do love like those. I, 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 I don't there. I love the independent films, usually from like uh, the East Coast. Like Tra Troma has a great variety of uh, filth and independence that I love. Right. And uh, but, you know, these East these kind of like East Coast films where uh, like the suckling or even like street trash where you really just get to. It has a real east coast new jersey kind of feel of just it gives it a little bit extra grit that maybe a movie like the toxic avenger i don't think really hits as hard uh in that 
in that sense. The people and the extras, especially too, the like really bad actors that like he got this role because you were available is like my favorite thing about these type of uh, films. Um, and it's just, that's where like the magic happens in these little uh, productions and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, um, well, it's funny because I, I know Roy Frumkiss very well who made Street Trash. And I, I kind of got to know the trauma guys because while I was at NYU, I discovered, um, you know, I was putting out my Xerox fanzine and I discovered that I was taken seriously enough as a critic that I could get to advanced screenings and trauma would have advanced screenings in screening rooms of everything. Oh, like nice. down to the most obscure pickups. Like I saw student confidential in a fancy, you know, times square screening room. Ooh. So, and I saw toxic Avenger with like half of the cast in the room. So I, I was very kind of close to the trauma team during that period. We're kind of, um, I was kind of blown away by I, I know that feeling of getting some type of access by being like we do this very small podcast but our uh, co-host uh, who's not on the show th- today she's uh, she was unavailable for this uh, Ashley she actually scored us a, a, a deal with like a local uh, warehouse cinema where like we get like advanced free tickets to go see movies and I was like this is all I ever wanted out of this I could just go <laughs> we could just go to the movies for free shut up they, they believe they believe the things that we say this is great Great. Yes, we're going. We're going. So and free beer. Yeah, this was. Yeah. I mean, this was during the the that great eighties horror boom when movies started to get out of grindhouses and drive-ins and play mainstream theaters, and they would screen a lot of them. Like I saw movies you'd never believe they would want to show to critics in advance in screening. <laughs> so, what, what do you it, think? Have you ever? Uh, uh, have you ever written like a review of somebody and then somebody got real salty with you about your review? Um, I'd say probably. Not a lot, maybe half a dozen times. Oh, I've okay. People like emailing me back or, or calling me on it saying, how dare you? Um, not not as much as you might think, uh, but it, it's happened once or, well, I could say maybe half a dozen times over my many years of doing this. What are you saying? You said that the that, that the movie The Rings, the worst sequel of, the, of, of all of them, is a bad movie? It's <laughs> coming after you? <laughs> No, it wasn't no, not rings, not that one. Um, I can't, I can't remember specific. Ex- I think, I think one of it was this made-for-TV movie called Shark Swarm. Um, <laughs> I think one of the writers, one of the writers, wrote back to me very upset with my review of that one. Sharks, so. Shark Swarm is this is the Godfather of shark attack movies, and you're gonna do this? You're pulling this shit with me? <laughs> this was one. This was actually made for the Hallmark Channel, not for the Spyfall <laughs> Channel. So it was a, a different. It was three hours long. It was a two-part movie. It was a big, you know, two-night event film. Uh, well, I guess I didn't treat it with the proper respect. But, uh, Hallmark is expanding. <laughs> yeah. From cards to now shark attack movies. I mean, that's uh, you got to leave a. It's about having uh, uh, multiple businesses, much like our movie The Suckling, which I always thought was very funny. Is that it's a it's a backyard abortion clinic, but it's also a brothel because they have to diversify. <laughs> I like that neither one. It's if the one other didn't exist, we couldn't afford this broken down house. It's very much the funniest thing I find about this. Like, yeah, you know, you really just got to in this economy, you can't just be a brothel. You have have to wear a lot of hats i always compare it to that monty python sketch where you either come to pay for an argument or to come upstairs to the brothel yes <laughs> well it was funny you asked about you know was i surprised i believe that the whole scene where 
the prostitute has the john and there's the joke about the dildo when they have all those weird sound effects in that oh, scene god yeah i don't believe that i don't believe was in the script i think they added that uh, or they expanded <laughs> on something that was in there and put all the the sound effects and all that so we that, have another we have another uh, important question for you okay since you are the actual suckling <laughs> is out of all the baby movies say class of Newcomb high or it's alive what is your favorite uh, um, baby movie? Yeah, oh. like what reanimated baby that turns into a giant mutant that can rip your face off? Do you think, uh, A, your favorite, but B, also who would win in a battle royal? Do you like, does the class of, because to me, like class of Newcomb High, he looks durable. He looks more durable than the suckling, but the suckling has an umbilical cord factor that it seems like it might be hard to overcome. And we'd just be curious as to your thoughts on that. Uh, well, I, I'm on the suckling side, of course, of that yeah. debate, but um, <laughs> at my, my favorite, God, my favorite mutant baby movie, there's been so many, uh, well, I actually really like a, a Corbin production called The Unborn from oh. 1990, which is not so much about the mutant babies, but about the plot to raise the mutant babies with James Karen as the evil scientist. That's a really good one. I'm a fan of that. I don't know. Must you- have inspired Logan. Would yeah, you, something like that. Would you ever? I, you know, one that we didn't really think of, Jeremy, the other day, because we recorded the podcast about the movie proper yesterday with Ashley. But uh, do you ever think? Uh, do you think you'd throw like a, a basket case in the in the mix here with uh, with deformed babies? I know, I guess he's not a baby; he's a full grown adult in a basket. But he had to live his life out up until then in that thing. It's not quite the same. I mean, a lot of these movies try to exploit like pregnancy fears and everything, and yeah. basket case isn't quite that. That's going; it's addressing a whole bunch of different things. So, I personally, I wouldn't put that in with the mutant baby. Mm. What about a racer head? Do we throw a racer head in the oh, mix well, with that? Yeah. If we're going to have pregnancy that's, scare, right? <laughs> well, that, that's kind of got the classic, you know, they, I actually got to interview an actress uh, who was in a racer head when she was on the set of another movie. And she said, yeah, David Lynch put that together. It was all made of organic materials. It was not actually alive, but she still doesn't know exactly what he made. But <laughs> the, you know, it's not like a rabbit fetus or some of the things people have said that it was. Oh. It's, uh, it's still very creepy when you look at it because you can't quite tell what this thing is. But I think that's better that way. I hope Lynch never tells anyone what exactly it is because well, that's the, was brave with it, I'm sure. That's the beauty of it. I it would be great if there's like uh, he buried what the actual thing was with him when he dies, and then we get to, we can fucking CGI Nicolas Cage and make the fifth National Treasure movie, which is finding out what the baby fetus was made from <laughs> in a racer head. This is just my and movie a, pitch. I mean, I it's open to interpretation. And what a what a great what a great um, uh, acting biography: Eraser Head and Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> God, I would love to see the mashup with that. Just one day. Like the one thing like, hey, what's going on, John Boy? Well, you're not going to believe this, Pa. Yeah, I love it when John Boy was on Little House in the Prairie. I don't know anything, man. Come on. I'm riffing it out here. I'm riffing it out here doing my best. There are some pretty creepy episodes of Little House on the Prairie. Someone on Birth Movies Death wrote an essay, and this one that traumatized me when I was a kid, it, it basically had like, a psycho rapist and a clown mask as like its key plot point. 
and it was it was traumatizing. You know, I'm watching the show as a kid, going, "What is going on with this?" You know, again, back when I was scared of horror movies, this, this thing freaked me out. Really upset to find out it was actually Michael Landon. So, is that? <laughs> you know, I think it was Richard Jekyll or someone like that. Like a fairly major genre name was was playing this part. Now, you know, it's one of those things where it's like there's one, there's a villain and a clown mask. And exactly one new character introduced in this particular episode, and you're not supposed to figure out it's him for a little while, I guess. Yeah. Now, um, I, so uh, I I had a couple of bit parts with uh, Attack of the Killer Chickens that just got released. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, one of the best films ever made. <laughs> and um, also, also with my brother and I, we've been working a couple of years on uh, our film called Baby Eater, the worst yeah. taste, the worst taste in horror. Listen, when this thing is fully dropped and you get to see the fun continuity errors of me filming half of it when I had a mullet and now mulletless with a wig, as I've clearly aged and as I've hit almost forty years old, it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun experience. I've already, but I've already worked what, it into the script that you were trying to hide from the cops, and that also when people ask if you're the baby eater, like. Baby Eater has a mullet. I don't have a mullet. Clearly, I'm in the right right now. There's no way. And I, I take offense that you would even say such a thing. Uh, but no, back to my... my, uh, my uh, is there anything that, like... I mean, because you've, you've been exposed to so much uh, 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 cinema over the years. Is there anything that you, like, have watched in recent years that, like, just kind of, like, hits you... Like this is different, and also it's hit. It, it's it's unsettling a little bit. Have you been unsettled at all in the in the past couple of years by um, things you've well, seen? I just saw one a movie called Resurrection with Rebecca Hall that's really unsettling. Oh, okay. Kind of a stalker movie with Tim Roth, but it 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 approaches the story from a very different kind of perspective, and then it just gets all full on batshit crazy in the last twenty minutes. And okay. I don't want to say any more because I walked into it cold. Um, it's playing at festivals and it comes out in August and that's one of the creepier things I've seen recently. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I like every, everything that you said about that. I was excited about it. I'm like, okay, yes, yes. All right. I'm yeah, I'm in. I, I can't wait to see that. I have that. to say that there was one movie we were so excited to see. We actually pay-per-viewed the, uh, the release of Human Centipede 2 with my brother. We did. Uh, little, di- little did we know, we did see the edited version because... It wasn't until later that I saw the unedited version where he actually has sex with the centipede. Yeah, as you as you do, as you do. Uh, there's not a whole lot that unsettles me, but uh, I have a uh, have you have you had a chance to check out the sadness yet on uh, on Shutter? I have not, but I keep hearing how great that is. I need to catch up with that one. I wouldn't call it great, but I will say that. Uh, as a person who's seen, uh, you know, some of the most shocking things, like people always talk about, like most shocking movies, like a Serbian film or something, where it's just like really hits you. I'm like, okay, as long as uh, there's nothing now, I can see. I will say that the sadness not only got me once, it got me twice. <laughs> it got me twice. So I, I would, I would highly suggest it. I keep telling Jeremy to watch it, but he keeps forgetting. But it is, it is worth the watch of uh, uh, just. The pure shockness of it, for sure. Uh, well, have you seen a movie? It's actually IFC Films is having a great year. They put out a movie called Hatching, with this little girl hatches an egg, and this bird creature comes out, and it's this weird kind of 
coming of age body horror film. Ooh. And they just released one called The Innocence, which is about kids with psychic powers. And that has some really disturbing stuff in it. That's my favorite horror film this year so far. Oh, okay. Uh, so the hatching. All right. I'm hatching, in. hatching the Innocence and Resurrection, which is coming in August, are, are three really good ones, all from IFC films that I like quite a bit. All right. Yeah. Well, IFC, they, they, hey, listen, they. I like I like IFC. They they put stuff out that is independent, and they're not quite as fake independent as A twenty four is. A twenty four is not independent anymore. It's just <laughs> it's a major motion picture that has the label on it. But uh, IFC, I think, is still there, which is awesome. So I'm excited to see that. Um, I don't know, Jeremy. You got anything else for our guest? I think we've ha- we've had him for almost a half hour. I think we need to let him go at this point. Well, he hasn't complained yet. I know, but you're you have a way we have a way of holding people hostage and we're not gonna do that, okay? <laughs> he just needs to hang up on us and we'll go see him at the next horror con and uh in the clown well, makeup. You know? I wanna ask him if when he sees Attack of the the Killer Chickens um <laughs> Yeah, you, what do you, hey, have you have you carved out your your schedule for that yet? <laughs> well when it comes out, let me know. I'll give it a look. Oh, it's you can already stream it online. There so. you go. Oh, okay. I I don't know if it's five bucks or fifteen bucks, but um <laughs> I was upset that my best scene of me masturbating as a clown was cut out of the film. So I, I, I haven't. I've been. T- I told my daughters about it. They were really upset, Jeremy. Um, I, hate, but- I hate to say. I hate to say. There's a scene of, of, of a guy kissing, and as they pan across the screen, then you see me masturbating. Although you don't see anything. Oh, and I remember when the scene, when the director finally said cut, that's when everybody in the whole set just started laughing uncontrollably. I was like, oh, well, that's got to be made in the film. Got to be in it. And they cut it. You're telling me they, they've ruined the integrity of the film by cutting that out, Jeremy? Ah, I don't, I like don't know why they didn't like save it. it so. I'll keep it in my mind, though, when I see the film that it is supposed to be there. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, it, I think they I think they cut me just for all the the actual big time actor cameos like David McNaughton and John Dugan. <laughs> One of those is it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, anyway, hey, uh, Michael, it was great having you on the, on the program. Thanks for taking a little bit of your time and uh, talking oh, about the suckling. And uh, uh, do you have anything to uh, promote? Anything you'd like to drive people towards? Where can people find you at? Oh. Um... Well, you know, my my ad nauseum books of of newspaper ad collections are all out there. Um, I've got extras coming out on a whole bunch of Blu-rays this year. Um, I guess the one that I can mention is Shriek of the Mutilated. Vinegar Syndrome has that coming out. Um, I did an interview with Roberta Findlay and also a locations tour um, for that and Invasion of the Blood Farmers because they were shot by the same people in the same general area. Um, Girls Night Out just came out, which has... Excuse me, an interview I did. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry about that. It Don't has, worry, uh, we can edit all of this. It's not live. Who gives a hell? Okay. Man, we got it. <laughs> Cough, get, get um, a good one in. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, Girls Night Out has my liner notes and an interview I did with Lauren Marie Taylor and her, her husband, whom she met on the set of Girls Night Out. So they're both actors in it. And uh, a few more that I can't discuss, but I have some fun stuff coming out on disc a little later this year. Well, very oh. exciting. Oh, do you get a lot of flack because you called your your short um, Elmer's Fines versus Aylmer? 
Oh, no one's ever brought that up until now. Whoa. But thank you for noticing that. Whoa. <laughs> and also, also, it's so it's so pronounced as not Elmer, Elmer. Well, actually, the the that that title it's Elmer's Turf, and it's a pun on Elmer's tune, which is the song he sings. And in that one, it's spelled E L M E R. So uh-huh. I think I can get away with that. Gotcha. It does make sense now that I get the pun. And yeah. uh, def- definitely love that film. That's definitely one of my top mm. uh, hunt- top twenty horror film comedies of all time. So. Oh, it's my favorite Hen and Lauder. So it was really great to be able to work on that one. Mm. Hen and Lauder. I, I, I was blown away. I've known everybody talks about Zach Lee, and then after he's dead, people finally tell me that he was the voice of Elmer. Yeah, well, for a while it was kind of like an open secret. I remember I interviewed Frank way back in like 1990, I think. And I, you know, because it's obviously the voice. And so I asked him and, you know, at the time, Frank just said, well, this is a non-SAG film. Zachary's a SAG actor, so it can't be him, can it? And that's uh-huh. how we left it. But he's, you know, lately, of course, everyone's been acknowledging that, yes, it is, in fact, him. Uh, took it to the grave, mm-hmm. son of a gun. Mm. Yeah, R.I.P. Just think, think, think of all the praise he could have been receiving this whole time if people knew, you know? God. I mean, I think everybody knew. You just couldn't <laughs> say it officially is the thing. Now, of course, now of course, it's been almost 30 years, and I, I guess we're going to finish with this, is that we made fun of uh, the suckling yesterday by saying at the last murder, the last guy in the film should have said, Sequel! Yeah. Oh well, that's that is the the weirdest setup for a sequel I've seen in, in a film. So yeah, after that part in the script, I'm like, how are you going to film that? <laughs> like, <laughs> and they figured out a way. They did. They did. Well, hey, there's Mike- never been a sequel, so you know, they never followed up, unfortunately. Maybe. And I think I maybe think until they we do, get the rights, you know, if they do, they have the suckling too, twice the suckling. Yes. yes. <laughs> Suckling two, suck harder. Su- <laughs> Suckling two, electric boogaloo. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, Michael, thanks for joining us on the program. It was awesome to have you. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out uh, uh, of your after Sunday afternoon. And uh, you know, we'll send you links to all that. And um, you know, best of luck and hope to see you around soon. Yeah, I'll I'll be uh, probably at Monster Mania again this this August. So all right, let's do it. Let's make it a date. Oh okay. gosh, what happened to your voice? What you had an air bubble in your throat. <laughs> I did have an air bubble. Stop pointing out all the inconsistencies <laughs> with our podcast, Jeremy. Anyway, we joined our regularly scheduled program. And this isn't uh, my week was shittier than your week off, okay? I'm just letting you know that my – this is – it's not – I'm not trying to have a fucking – uh, 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 pity off here, okay? That's not what. I, that's not hey, what the show shows for. Wait, are you are you suggesting we should have a suck off? <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting back to the roots of quality time. I don't know. You guys want to just kick it into high gear? Kick it in. Welcome to quality time. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm not stressed out. I'm fucking good. Uh, <laughs> I'm also joined by my blood, my brother, Jerry P. Woodworth. Jerry, how are you, sir? Uh, I make I make it. You know. <laughs> Goodbye. You know. <laughs> Welcome to the Getting By podcast. I, I get high with a little help from my friends. I get high with a little hair from my friends. Well, that's good, man. That's why we have to steal things for drugs. So 
Jeremy, to, uh, tomorrow, not to step over to... Well, I'll get back to you. We're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius from an undisclosed location, probably watching dogs. That I am, Daddy, that I am. How, how's it going? How's the- it's good. He looks dead, so... <laughs> <laughs> He's he's got his eyes open in there. You ready? Look. I see this dog. It looks like he looks like a he's so dead he looks like a blanket. <laughs> he does look like he's is that dog is that okay is that dog okay? He's just old. Just, is is this what, the what same? is that? Is is that a Maltese? Nah, he's like a That's not a falcon, Jeremy. Idiot. <laughs> no, but what is he? He's he's like a Bichon Frise or some shit. Ah, oh, Bichon, Bichon. You know, it's really funny. He's missing a bunch of his teeth, but he's got like a snaggle tooth. They'll just like poke out all the time. And I'm like, oh, you've got a face only your mother loves. <laughs> but Hell yeah. He's sweet. So, uh, I, I worked Monday and I drove home and, uh, I'm going up the uh, key bridge when I notice that my car is overheated and the engine stops going up the key bridge to which I stop in the middle of traffic and say to myself, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. as people just come up upon you, even though you have your flashers on full speed and swerve just in time. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm going to stay in my vehicle. And hope to God they don't ram me at full speed. So sitting there for maybe about five, ten minutes, finally the uh, the road crew comes up behind me and a cop. And uh, he's like, uh, so you need gas? I'm like, no, I overheated. Um, you want to you wanna push me off this thing? He's like, all right. He's got the big, you know, uh, Mad Max uh, rammer thing on the front of the uh, tow truck. And, uh, yeah, he pushed me to the other side, and I uh, called up uh, my free towing through my uh, my insurance. And after sitting there for, like, an hour, hour or two, I'm like, F it. I've, I've cooled down. I'm going to see how far I can drive. I had, like, a little bit of Freon in the back. Freon. I had a little bit of coolant in the back of my truck, so I poured it in. And uh, three and a half hours later, I finally drove home. So... <laughs> So, 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 so you just got to drive. You went, you you cooled it down and drove home anyway. Just, at no point you got towed, huh? Yeah, much like Bobby Brown and uh, New Edition, I cooled it down and drove home. <laughs> um, the best part. Ah, I didn't have laughed as hard as that. That brought me great joy. A Bobby Brown reference and New Edition. That'll do it for me every time. Uh, the best part. Um, filled up the truck for some more coolant and hoping that I wasn't, I might've just been low and not leaking. Um, State Farm took it upon themselves to make sure that I wasn't still stranded by calling me at 1230 at night and then at 330 AM in the morning to which I was ready to really cuss somebody out. Like, (laughs) what the fuck are you calling me for this fucking night in the morning? (laughs) That was 12 hours ago and you guys still didn't show up. You didn't show up. Long story short, I go to work in the, on Tuesday morning, and of course I overheat again. I'm sitting on the side of the road, and within a half hour, I get called by the tow truck that was supposed to come the day before. 
<laughs> but now you you need a tow because now you're overheated again. So did it work out this again. time? <laughs> yeah, I kind of I was able to drive it five miles since uh, you called last. So if oh you can come get me gosh. here. So oh, adventures with the car. Now is it is it just the uh, is it the whole uh, radiator? Is that what needs a replacing? You think? Uh, yeah, I pulled the radiator finally yesterday. I should have pulled it a day or two before with my slow man ass skills, and uh, I, I still have to put it in today, maybe when it cools down to 85 again. Cool. Tonight, so. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad me. that's coming together. All right. Uh, Ashley, what what have you been up to lately? Have you, Has your car broken down? Have you Have you nuked a deer with the smart car yet this year? No, uh, nope. I've been, you know, slowly building up inside. I'm sure, like, my episode will be next week. Oh, you know okay, what I mean? Cool. Like, I'm sure my meltdown will be next week. This oh, it's, week, it's all about you, boys. <laughs> uh, it's it's like Old Faithful. You just, it's, it's, it's coming, but it's not time to blow yet. Yeah, no. You know what? You can't, you can't hoard the crazy. It would be rude of me not to share you boys need to have your meltdown. Also, listeners, you can't see him, but Eric right now is giving us his own version of the suckling. Look at those titties. <laughs> Eric is shirtless is what I'm saying. Uh, Eric? Eric? I don't see This is just how I need to podcast now. I want to look like I just have rocking tits now on this pod. Eric? Yeah? Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. That's how you end your set tonight? Just doing this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. hey, you want to look at my OnlyFans? Check out these hot boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eric's been lying to me for a long time. He keeps being like, oh, Ashley, you're not replaceable. I'm like, whatever, Eric. Like, stop trying to compete with my titty game. <laughs> you So you... <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm now I'm competing by growing bigger tits? That's how you push me out. You're like, hey, look, I didn't want to do this, but like my tits have gotten nice. You need to leave. Until I hit C cup, you're still on the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, no, I don't want these. They're just part of my. They're part of my life, and uh, I'm gonna have to go show them. The thing is, in my head, I was just like, "Man, I got that wrestling thing. I'm gonna have to probably get shirtless and look cool, probably work out or something." And the last couple of weeks have been uh, really didn't really do any of that. So uh, I actually actually got a little fatter, I think, for this. So uh, I can't I can't wait to disappoint tonight. Um, so. What else has been going on? I do have one little side story to tell uh, in this d- week of crazy. Um, uh, sweet, sweet Erica Woodworth came home uh, today, and uh, she took our kid, our our daughter Sue. Uh, she does karate, and she said there was a guy. There's this older creepy guy that sometimes is there, and uh, he goes, he's like. <laughs> He's like, oh, so where are you from around? And you're like, oh, around here, whatever. He goes, oh, yeah, I used to live on Ward's Chapel. <laughs> we had to move, though. And you're like, oh, yeah, why? He's just like, there was going to be 17 blacks at the new school. <laughs> 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 <And> I... <laughs> oh, really? 
really? Oh man. Oh. Did, did you suggest he could, he could move to the Oakland Mills high? Yeah, I don't. I just. So this guy, this guy, I had, I had to get away. I just heard there was going to be black people in a place, and so my wife is very sweet. She's just like, okay, uh, great, and just literally like leaves. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, did he, did I love. He preface, did he preface it by saying I could have gone, I could have lived with two? I can't. I, I can't wait to tell him about the new Cat Williams special next time I'm there because that's all I'll be well, talking about. I think. I think Eric might just be jumping to conclusions because you said he relayed to Erica that there were going to be 17 blacks. You met him at karate. How do you not know he meant 17 black belts and he can't take them all? Oh, so he's he's a combat art. He could if they were if they were yellow to brown. Fine. All the other, yeah. but if you're saying you're saying he couldn't, he could handle sixteen black belts, but seventeenth, nah, way too many like, side no kids coming can at take me. Take them all. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're making him a racist for no reason. You you're don't right. Know? I live in Carroll County. It's probably more likely what you said. I agree. <laughs> that's that's that makes sense. Oh man. So I thought man, that was this- pretty fun. This guy could be a good guy. He probably puts his car in every position other than the N-word option. <laughs> he never rides. He's like, I know I skip past neutral. In fact, I turn it so it says E. It says like a weird Z now. That's my that's the gear I call I call it Zootral. Uh <laughs> Oh, man. I do like that, though. But it's fun. You know, guys, listen. Believe it or not, uh, as as much as the world would have you not believe this, there's uh, still barely bad people out there. I was going to bring that up, hon. I promise. What? I was going to bring that up. Okay. I forgot to bring up the vacuum cleaner. Now I'm getting <laughs> I mean, you're like, there's really bad people in the world. And she's like, God, you don't. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Upstairs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, it's been, it's been a, it's been a hell of a week. I'm going to Comedy Mania tonight. I'm going to try to reverse my luck this week because I've been a, a series of unfortunate events this morning, one after the other. And I needed to go, I needed to go well tonight. I need a win tonight. Um, I need to stop sweating. Right now, I'm, we just kicked on the AC and I'm, oh God, it feels so good. But I am stuck to this leather chair. Like my back, I, I, I am like, it's trying to get me out of this chair is going to be like trying to pull the backing off a fruit roll up. It's going to be horrible. Um, oh God, I bet your balls are like duct taped to that seat. The balls. I, I don't even know where my inner thigh and my ball begins at this point. It's all just one fleshy nodule down there. I look, ugh, it looks like I look, I, I just imagine the way it feels is like how the guy in uh, fire in the sky when he gets the latex put on. That's what my ball area feels like right now. Just one contiguous wet fucking piece of uh, uh, latex blanket. Last I, really night. Like, I really like that monologue by uh, Bruce, Bruce uh, Willis Lee, the uh, karate guy, where he's like, sometimes balls. They can be like water, and water can be hard and crush things, or it can be real fluid. 
That's the way I think of my balls. I'm Bruce Lee Willis. Bruce Lee. <laughs> Bruce Lee Willis. Wait a minute. I, I think this... Let's let's check in with Bruce Lee Willis throughout the show and see what he thinks about the suckling later, because that's what I'm going to be most excited about. I'm Bruce Lee Willis. <laughs> I also love Seagram's wine coolers. <laughs> it's, so, not, it's not even a good Bruce Willis or a good <laughs> Bruce Lee. It's just... No. <laughs> it's Sorry, like... pal. Lippy, yippee ki I love balls. <laughs> God damn it, Jeremy. Oh, Ashley, you were uh, saying, I apologize. No, you're fine. You're fine. So last night I had two back-to-back shows, which were like, meh. And at one point I just like kind of wanted to spiral out before I left. So I lean over to this woman last night and I go, not even during my set, I just lean over to this woman during the show and I go, do you ever get wet down there and you wonder am i sexually excited or did i pee myself and then she goes what and i go i gotta leave and i I left i just i don't even know who she was i just wanted to ask that and see what her response was and she didn't respond oh man i wonder why you know Uh, by the way i I watched the Cat Williams special last night after uh, another incident happened in my life, which I'll tell you guys off air sometime. But uh, God damn. Can I, I don't know if I mentioned how Cat Williams is one of my favorites of all time. The motherfucker yeah. is still delivering to this day. It's not. And by the way, the special is not one of his best. It's not. It's not great. But I laughed out loud at least nine or ten he does like this thing where like you know how like jokes like transition into other jokes and they make sense this motherfucker just says <laughs> he just changes gears like like as if it's supposed to make sense to what he just said but it doesn't and i'm like wait a second and he takes the stool humping game in this one where listen it's kind of hack to hump a stool right a lot of people do it this motherfucker does takes stool humping and ups the game it, this is now the new bar of where stool humping has to happen because of what cat williams did in his new special uh real good but he also talks a lot about squirting and uh and pee so you know check it out check out the new cat williams it's a real it's a real hoot real hoot i've been watching her on tv for years she's great Oh, he does. Hey, not a spoiler, but at one point, it's just like one of his like throwaway jokes. He mentions Wendy Williams. He was just like, every time Wendy Williams disappears, Sasquatch sightings go up. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, the bitch is Sasquatch. I'm telling you right now, she shaves down for the show. She leaves and she's blurry everywhere she goes. Everywhere. (laughs) I don't know why I was just fucking crying at that. So... Did I mention um, years ago I worked at, at a job for only a couple of weeks? But there was this old black woman. She mentioned Wendy Williams, and I, I'd seen a couple episodes. She was still pretty fresh then. So this is at least least ten years ago. She very, very, very uh, matter of factly says that Wendy Wendy Williams is a man. And mm-hmm. the more I thought thought about it, the more it sunk in. It was like. Oh my gosh. I think I'm gay. Oh, you think you're gay now? <laughs> Cuz Wendy Williams is so damn hot. Oh, because you want to bang Wendy Williams and if she is a man then you have to be gay. Okay. I'd totally be on Springer. So, 
Fuck yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, after I found out as a penis, like whatever, you know, just go with it. So I just thought she had a nine inch long clitoris. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a big. This is a big clit. Boys, who doesn't? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, well, that's good, man. That's good. Um, well, I don't know, gang, do we want to hop into today's movie? Now, I don't know what order I'll edit this in, but we did talk, we we're talking to the, uh, to the, uh, 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 the suckling himself tomorrow, which I'm kind Are of... Are we going to try to transition this, uh, uh, somehow and, in, and, in, in, uh, introduce it or, or what for tomorrow? What, the suckling? Well, no, we're just gonna, we'll, we'll just introduce him when he's on, and then that'll be just a separate segment. And we'll either put it at the very beginning or we'll put it at the end. I don't know. We'll do all something. Right. Don't worry. You know, we'll leave all, all right. this in so it'll be confusing to the listener, though. And that's what all I'm right. here to do. That's part sorry of editing. That I, sorry that I can't be there, Jeremy, but that's very cool. It is pretty cool. I'm I'm excited. Is there any questions oh, I you wanted? The big guess. Is there any questions you want us to ask the suckling, Ashley? Uh, I, I just want to know what side he's on. Is he, is he pro-choice or pro-life? That's all I want to know. I feel like he's going to be pro-choice because he wouldn't be a suckling without the, without the toxic waste and getting ripped out of the womb, right? We'll have to see. Just make it weird. I want to know. That would be great. Is there a suckling sequel? And it should be, if it is, it should be called Roe v. Wade, The Suckling 2. Um... (laughs) Actually, it's funny you bring that up, Eric, and I guess I do want this kept in because I wanted to bring it up. Uh, this movie should have been called Ho v. Wade. Ho v. Wade. <laughs> well, The Suckling uh, was your pick this week, Ashley. 1990, uh, a, a story of a pregnant woman uh, reluctantly goes to an illegal abortion clinic, which also doubles as a brothel, which is usually, you know, it's a one-stop shop if you're if you're going places, uh, only to have her aborted, mutated fetus attack everyone in the clinic. So... Uh, a really, a really fun film, and one that Jeremy, you got immediately excited about when you saw that the suckling was Ashley's pick. Because this feels like, honestly, this feels like a Jeremy pick. If I'm going to be honest. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know how to take that. Um, no, I, I've actually liked this movie for for several years uh, since I watched it. Uh, it is a terrible movie, but a very fun movie. Uh, it's hard to believe that it was made in 1990 because it feels like a snuff film from 1970. Um, I just, I think it's a great mixture of, of comedy and absurdity and definitely doesn't make me want to have children. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Is it now in the, just a hypothetical, who do you think would win in a fight? The suckling or the the mutated child from the, the class of Newcomb High? If they were if they were to, to do battle. Because they feel like they'd be they're very similar. Very similar stories. Mutated baby that comes I, out and immediately becomes a monster. Sorry, turn my phone on silent. I say the suckling. Jeremy, where do you where do you think? Suckling versus uh Newcomb? I think the Newcomb High um uh, nuclear baby because he's got like uh, porcupine uh, tendrils or something. 
And also, I think he, I think he fired um, um, lightning bolts from his eyes. I also think that uh, I like. I think I go. So the, I think the the Newcomb High one. He looks more durable. He looks more durable, but the suckling looks a little bit more dangerous. Plus, he has tentacles, and I think the choking tentacles could be the be the changer. I also feel like the suckling has more cartoonish powers, and I only take that into account because I think he looks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Um, <laughs> but this is also like you asking, like, who could take Chris Restivo in a fight? Like a sixteen black belts. That's it, though. He couldn't take the seventeenth. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Chris has told me about numerous people he's beaten up, so it's got to be Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck Chris, yeah! Chris, what I mean? What a great movie concept idea! Chris versus his own fetus from a stripper he knocked up that she's trying to get rid of it. Chris versus um, reality of believing his own lies. Um, that would be the that's the real the real showdown right there. Uh, no, so uh, this movie uh, was directed and written by uh, Francis Terry. Jeremy, now have you ever met Francis Terry or seen some of his other wonderful movies like uh, Flesh Eating Mothers or uh, Head Games? No and no. Okay. Right. Oh, wait a second. Head Games, was that with the giant head? Uh, you know, I haven't seen it, but I, I bet you it probably is. Let, let me look that one up. 1996 is Head, head games. games. Well, he was the, I thought that was a, uh, a full moon release. Well, actually, I'm sorry. He was the producer of that. So I guess this is his really only directorial debut. And uh, last, let's see what else we got here. Let's just, let's just see Francis Terry as a director. He's a director in exactly one movie, and it's this. But he is also an actor. He plays one of the police car, police officers in Flesh Eating Mothers. So, huh? There you go. And, uh, yep, the producer of Head Games. So, there you go. Flesh Eating Mothers sounds like a porno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely stepmom stuff. I know. Oh that. wait, I'm thinking of the family head, where it was like a, a bad Texas chainsaw, and it was a giant head. Yeah, uh, Dif- right. different head than head games. Yeah, so. <laughs> you look like a real jackass now, pal. Um. I, I really <laughs> wish that the movie Head Games had like a, a special uh, cameo from one of the guys from Foreigner, though. Head game. All right, I got it. Yeah, that's that works. That works. Head games. Um, so and also, also my favorite song that sounds like Foreigner, but it isn't. Ed Gaines. He likes to wear women's face. Ed Gaines. Don't you find Ed, Ed Gaines. He's making a nipple belt. Ed Gaines. <laughs> a nipple belt. Oh, man. So uh, it starts off rather innocently as... Uh, it, right from the get-go, you get to see titties uh, as they're walking down. I don't even know. Is this the whorehouse? It, but it's like a hospital at the same time. I, I'm i not sure what's happening in the opening scene. She's like having a premonition, I guess, right? Sort of. Yeah. It seems like she's having a premonition of like yeah, the whorehouse. And then like her shitty-ass boyfriend is the doctor, which is like, God, don't even get me started on this piece of shit. Um, so, yeah, I think she's having like a, a pre – it's like a pregnancy dream. She's having one of those crazy pregnancy dreams where there are topless titty women covered in blood. 
uh, as as you do. Uh, I you know I remember when my wife was pregnant and she couldn't stop having dreams of of topless women in nurses' outfits. That's a very that's I guess it's just a thing that for that only mothers do. You know I can't uh, I can't say that I've ever been there myself, but uh, you know I guess that's how life works. I just think that this uh, topless nurse destroys the continuity of the film. Uh, explain further, Jeremy. It just it just didn't really fit the plot. Oh, uh, that <laughs> it took you out of the movie for the first scene. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I was just annoyed. I thought they could have been better. Mm, yeah, they could have picked a nicer rack, but it was the eighties. I feel like, well, you know, even in the eight, even the late eighties, we liked we liked huge knockers. Yeah, I'm uh, just they're just boring. I was just like, oh for you like put, you have better titties i was just put your very average breasts away ma'am um <laughs> i see i see breasts that size i'm like that's not enough to feed a child mm. <laughs> i also uh and then uh after i guess after she wakes up out of this thing right her boyfriend ends up uh taking her to the do they try to get a regular abortion first and can't and then end up having I think they go straight to the whorehouse, right? They go they go there because if I understand correctly, it's because they they don't like God, he's such an asshole. Cause she's like crying and she's like, I won't tell anybody you're the father. Just let me give it up for adoption. He's like, Shut up. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> so, so they're trying to hide that like they're two high schoolers, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. college kids and like whoever he is i guess or just the public shame they're trying to hide that this happened at all so he's pretty much shitting on her choice yeah to keep the baby so he's but not not on this fella's watch he's got a plan luckily i love the whorehouse that they go to is literally like the most dilapidated building you've ever i mean i guess a brothel doesn't have to be nice but it also doesn't have to look like it's haunted i suppose like you could put a coat of paint paint on it right yeah that was that was rough so like i've been in a brothel actually and they don't look like this movie they are actually quite nice in fact i was in a brothel because i thought it was a hotel when i was in nicaragua (laughs) (laughs) i needed i needed a bathroom and i was in there talking to what I thought was the front desk person and she's like you know what let me get somebody else who can speak better English I'll be back and I'm like okay so I'm waiting I start noticing there's a lot of like interesting art on the wall for a hotel I'm like oh this is very racy and then I see a man being toted down like the catwalk upstairs see a man being toted on a leash (laughs) and I'm like and I'm like you know what I don't think this is a hotel. <laughs> is this is this a La Quinta? <laughs> did, did that mean to use that toilet you had to pay for 15 minutes worth of time? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Actually, I would come out later on in my trip. I am lucky to kind of be alive because they had given us all thousands of dollars and been like, hey, when you arrive in Nicaragua, Use this if you get kidnapped so they don't sell you. So, oh. So I probably like, you know how funny it would have been though if I was in there 
And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be abducted and sold into the sex trade. And they're like, mm, you're more like a house mom. You're going to keep the hot ones in check. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm glad you didn't become the house mom of a Nicaraguan whorehouse, and instead you are the uh, the host of Quality Time with me and Jeremy. And that's I, I think know it's me the and best me job. and my two hoes. Woo! <laughs> you sexy bitches. All right, now we're each other. I want to watch. <laughs> can I say that this house that they found as this brothel obviously looked like an abandoned house for this movie? Yeah, I would say probably abandoned is a good word to use. Yeah. Which is obviously good for for a set. Yeah. An abandoned By the way, I've been asking Eric about our possible clown set, which is the abandoned house right where uh, Decisive used to be. Uh, I think they tore it down. I don't think it exists anymore. Somebody bought that portion of the land over there, and now there's there's boats there now. Jeremy, if you're looking for abandoned property, <laughs> I'm a broken person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. So we're filming inside of Ashley. Uh, we're going to send you a bunch of clown stuff to decorate. It's going to be fun. I've got room in this womb. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what if we made a? What if we made a, a remake of uh, the Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room, but it was all filmed inside of your pussy, and we called it the womb. The, the womb, <laughs> and you just pop out, and you're like, "Oh hi, Mark." Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we could do that and just call it movie the womb but like you know instead of doors I we just get two sides of beef that you have to fucking burst through oh hi Mark what's going on like this <laughs> well I did I did what was that like two almost three years ago now I did make that flyer for that movie curtains or whatever but I turned it into meat curtains and it's just me popping out and it looks like I'm coming out of a labia so we can do that Okay. All right. Listen, we're an idea podcast, and I like that. Uh, I like the cast of characters that they have. They, uh, they obviously have the older. That I the first of all, my biggest problem is that the guy who's supposed to be the main pimp, right? He's like the the one black guy. He's the softest pimp I've ever seen. He's like he, he doesn't do anything to to to. He lets the ladies kind of walk over him for the most part. He just gently asks you like, "Nah, you have to do this." And then, <laughs> but I wouldn't consider him a pimp actually because it's a whore house. And when we go on later to meet the lady running the house. She's almost like a female pimp. This guy is like security. He ain't uh, an actual pimp. I will say of a, of all of the characters you meet, the one whore who's like the older one with the her lines are the best. She has the best dialogue in the whole movie. She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good. I I do like as well. Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I do like the one customer that we get to meet. Oh um. yeah, where he goes, they're having a. He gets he basically gets pegged, right? He so he gets he gets pegged, but he has a little he's a little windy hat, and the second it goes on, he goes. Look at the helicopter spinner hat. And it looks like he's holding a popsicle, and then you realize it's a dick. It's a dildo. Yeah. And she, <laughs> and, and then she puts it in his ass, and when it's in his ass, you have know, that little propeller starts. <laughs> that, 
Now, as, I've never been pegged, but if I did, I'd want it to happen this way. I want the little kid helicopter hat to be in full. I want to take flight at that point. Um, <laughs> I want to. I want to go back to the black guy and realize that casting was like, okay, we want a, a black guy, and we want him to be real badass, and they wound up with this guy. Like this is the best we could do. You know, I, this what we're gonna settle for. Yeah, I like it. They're like, I need badass. You know, like the best we could do is wish wishes version of Lionel Richie, uh, <laughs> or or the black guy from the movie Poltergeist. It's just a very understanding. Oh no, the guy from Poltergeist, he's real badass compared to this guy. So <laughs> yeah, he does. Know, it's kind of like asking for uh, you know the guy with the big crazy eye from the Friday movies. You know, you're looking for him, but instead you get the guy from Fresh Prince who's the nerdy guy instead. So Oddly enough, uh, they were supposed to have a big name, but Michael Winslow turned this down to do Police Academy 4. Uh, so <laughs> Jerry's almost going to spit. Wait, they he, he turned down this role or he turned down the ability to the noises of the aborted fetus. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, actually, yeah, I made all the <laughs> four hours of Michael. And while they're like scraping, <laughs> scraping the fetus out of her. <laughs> 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 oh, and then it starts playing. Uh, it starts playing all along the watchtower, which was really that's a good touch to uh, Michael Winslow. He really brings a facet to the character that nobody else can. Um, so uh, you mean autism? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, they go on right, and uh, he ends up um, drugging his girlfriend. Right. So it's, he drugs his girlfriend, and then. Uh, after drugging the girlfriend, uh, get, gives her, she gets an impromptu abortion that uh, she didn't know that was happening. Um, and he's like, whoops, dud deal. And I love when it gets pulled out and they're just, just like, oh, there it goes. Just flush it down the toilet like <laughs> immediately after that. Oh, man. It's a, it's a real powerful scene. And also, I like that the one black lady who's helping out to like put it in the toilet is just like, another day, another dollar. Just like. It's just like, like, oh, yeah, you flush them after you're done here. And that's, uh, that's uh, what we my, do. My favorite is uh, Big Mama explaining, take care of it like I told you and showed you. <laughs> like, uh, oh, just put it in the toilet and flush it. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. Do you I, flush it? I have to tell you, this scene in particular really bothered me because I don't care what's on the packaging. It's not flushable. <laughs> Yeah, most plumbing can barely handle one of your lady, uh, one of your lady plugs that's completely filled with blood. What do you think you could do with a whole baby? You know? Could, could you imagine your septic team comes out and they're like, "We found the problem. You have so many dead fetuses in it your is, septic tank." Yeah, you're you've got a whole fucking uh, you got a whole graveyard of the fucking Muppet babies down there. Relax. Uh, not, not to forget, not to forget the technical aspect of this film is they had to point out, oh, it's second trimester. Ah, there you go. So, yeah. So she this movie for a reason. Topical. I, I also like it. I wish there was more sound effects of the baby going down, but they show the baby go into the sewer system and then, of course, run into the toxic waste because the toxic waste is also down there. Uh, and it immediately like starts to like vibrate and like, <gasps> and like I really. 
a big up. So there's some real bad special effects, but the baby kind of becoming animated at first when it's like the little one, like, like that, and they show it for way too long of it breathing, like, like that. I kind of, I dug it. It was a good, it was a really gross, cool special effect. I thought. Now you aren't. Ashley wasn't a fan of the of the puppetry. So, well. Look, Eric, I've seen your baby photos. I didn't need to do this twice, but <laughs> I'm kidding. You were adorable. I was an angel. I ruined my my mother's you vagina. Um, it is. I mean, this head was the exact same size it was at birth. And let me tell you, it was not an e- like I didn't have a cone shape. I I willed my way out. Um, those was, those shoulders, those shoulders and, and pre-made A cups just came. No, I was, I looked like Bonk from Bonk's Adventure at birth. Uh, that's one just for Jeremy, but, uh, do you, do you, do you, do you, ever, play, do you ever play Bonk or Bonk's Revenge? No. Bonk was a TurboGrafx-16 game about a baby caveman who had a giant head, and he would hit things with his head, and a uh, little tiny body underneath him. It's, uh, you know, it's a real deep um, cut for, for for anyone, honestly. Not even, that, there's nobody listening to this podcast like, I love Bonk's Revenge. Like, fuck yeah. I've waited fucking 280 episodes for this shit. Yeah. Um, I'd like to ask Ashley if she's even heard of a TurboGrafx-16 no. There you go. Not that I can think of, no. The Turbo Graphics was a great system, and I'm sad I gave it to Sean Laskowitz, and he flaunts it in my face. He has it on display at his house now. He doesn't even have it hooked up. He's like, one of my prized possessions, the TurboGrafx-16 that I sold him in, like, 1996. Ugh, it was a bad move. But I wanted to get PlayStation. All right, so... um Moving on, uh, she of course wakes up to this horrible uh, thing. They're like, you did what? You're like, yeah, babes. Believe it or not, got you an abortion. Boopadoo. <laughs> Good he, bit. He 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 was trying to recreate their first straight uh, first date by uh, making her unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> And doing things against her will. Yeah, it is weird that it is. Who knew that the uh, the operating doctor was Doctor Huxtable? It's crazy. Um, so uh, the <laughs> can I can I mention can I mention that the boyfriend is is more effeminate than Dexter? He makes Dexter look like the Rock. He is, I guess, a little effeminate. Uh, he plays preppy dickhead real well, though. That's I knew a lot of guys like this. Shout out Maddie Schofer, uh, really good friend of mine. Uh, he, he he same energy as this guy. Maybe not forced abortion, but just the general, you know, other uh, uh, of douchery. But I, I liked him as a person. What a what a fun comparison! Be like, you know who you remind me of? This guy from this movie that forced his girlfriend to get an abortion. Yeah, you have like same energy. Uh, I'm gonna go send him a message like, "Hey, watch the suckling. I think you're this guy." And he'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it'll be i think i'll dig it man um so uh the baby immediately uh comes into action um and then uh kills the lady who flushes her uh first by ripping her head off into the toilet with like that one foul swoop which is a pretty cool little death effect there with the umbilical cord with yeah. the umbilical yeah yeah <laughs> I do like the umbilical cord is a is a major weapon of destruction in this film. 
I have to say, this was my favorite scene of the movie, was ripping off the head with the umbilical cord. The, the, the ridiculousness of that just made me laugh out loud. So, And then, for some reason, the baby, this mutated baby that has been alive for seconds, uh, uh, somehow locks down the entire house. So now they're locked in the house, and nobody can break down a, a single... First of all, you can break down a door. Okay, I don't I don't understand later they have to build a battering ram to get it. No, you don't. You just keep kicking it over and over again. It will come down. There's multiple able bodied people here. It's crazy. to Eric, me. Is it a possible like hear me out? Is it possible that all the goop and shit we see forming around the outside of the house is essentially these adults are now trapped in a womb? Whoa! I, I they didn't really explain it, but I'm assuming that what was uh, covering the window was the uh, the uh, nuclear the nuclear placenta. Oh, the nuclear placenta. Okay, yeah, because it does have like a consistency of that of like the slime from Ghostbusters too. Maybe it's one of those things like it enveloped the whole house like that, and you just need some nerdy uh, uh, Rick Moranis character to fake shoot one blast at it and think that he saved the day when really we knew it was the the Ghostbusters inside. Um, but yeah, it starts uh, murdering these folks uh, one by one, and uh, eventually it kind of takes on this shape that looks a lot like. Uh, I feel like if you've ever, if you've never seen this, by the way, it's free on Tubi. Anybody can watch this currently. That's how I consumed it. But uh, it, it 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 has a real resemblance, and I wouldn't be surprised if the folks from the movie Feast copied a lot of their design off of the suckling. You know, because it is mm-hmm. a cool. It looks like a wetter version, a wetter and redder version of the thing from. From uh, from Feast, the big monster. I feel like you're distra- describing my downstairs, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's not all about your pussy, okay? God. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other cool kills in this in this movie. As How about we- the prostitute that shoots the one John. Oh yeah, like right after that, the one prostitute just that shoots that good. shoots that guy uh, because what he oh she didn't want to service him and he's like what's the problem blah 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 what she can't put a dildo in my ass like a regular person <laughs> well there was an issue with money and I think he tried to like say like that he paid her and she was lying or whatever and tried to like, get stuff out of her for free and she knew he was a douchebag so. Yeah, she shoots him, which I love. Um, and then he's like, he hits her, and he's like, don't you know not to argue with the customer? That's my job. <laughs> yeah, but he says it in the least threatening way I've ever seen somebody say that line. Like, you're like, it's like, it's like they did one take, and they were like, yeah, that's all the emotion I need out of this guy. That's about. That's probably the best he's gonna do. We're gonna be honest. Especially uh, since someone's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> And so they have to uh, they have to get rid of a, nu- a new body now, which is fun. Another thing that I thought was special are these these prostitutes that look like they're wearing bad prom dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like wow, man, these prostitutes really look great if you have like really bad cheap dresses. 
I'm pretty sure this is what uh, Sean Connery meant in the movie The Rock. He's just like, you go home and you fuck the prom queen. (laughs) At a a shitty brothel in New Jersey. (laughs) Well, I do find it funny that like, I don't know, just the, the weird age ranges. I was having a hard time figuring out the ages of all of these characters because it felt like there was such a conglomeration of like really super old to like those that were supposed to be young, but something just didn't add up. Like, like even the bouncer, I'm like, I don't know how old this guy's supposed to be, which maybe that's, you know, what they wanted a little more ambiguous. But then like the one prostitute in the like trapeze dress, like real glittery and shiny. I'm like, Oh, she's got real heavy bags and wrinkling. How mm-hmm. old are you? Yeah. And she looks a lot like uh, the, the one who's like the older in the sparkly dress who has a bunch of great lines. Like, he's like, I would, she says something along the lines of like, you know, you do this and you do that. And she's like, try to give advice and lines. Like, and all they do is come in your face. <laughs> I, <don't remember>. yes. <laughs> I just, I remember. She said him. all they want to do anymore is come in your face. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, she, she just had so many zingers in this movie. Um, Which, I'm, Sorry, real quick, though, but, like, that line I loved because I was like, man, this movie is timeless. This is. It is true. This is the Titanic of 1990. Um, yeah, I like to think that the, the, the older prostitute, she could actually act. Big Mama kind of could act. Uh, yeah. the, the one John who liked the dildo, he, he, he was actually entertaining in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was really the black guy that was probably the next to worst and the boyfriend that was probably the worst. Yeah, the boyfriend. It was like, yeah. I like that one part where they go down. This is so, well, I guess let me talk about Axel, right? So Axel is another guy who's like the crazy badass that's at the brothel who's locked in there with him. He ends up like shooting yes. another person and then he tries to go fucking uh, kill the suckling himself and ends up stabbing it with a fucking metal rod into the electric box and killing what you think maybe killing that mm-hmm. thing in him. And then she has a dream where she thinks this, oh, it was all a dream. And then like two seconds later, just kidding, nope, everybody's alive again. And the guy who, isn't it the guy who shot is now alive? So the only thing it undid was the guy getting shot the John getting shot. Cause isn't that the same actor who gets the thing, uh, who gets shot in the, in the thing? Or is that, I guess that's the guy who gets the dildo put up his ass and he's just he's been dildo, missing. Dude. Okay. So, uh, but it, it's just a completely, he's like, Oh, what a horrible dream. Huh? Nope. Just kidding. We got to get the fuck out of here. Still. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what is this Dallas? Um, but I, <laughs> but I think the scene that really like did it for me was right after she gets the abortion and Big Mama is cleaning off the coat hanger <laughs> and then put her white lab jacket covered in blood back on the bloody hanger and hangs it up. And I was like, this is good content. This, you know, you got to have you got to have place for everything. I'd love to see Martha Stewart remake the house. It's just like, you know, if you're going to use your abortion hangers, it's best that you put your abortion clothes right on top of it. I made this lovely little cabinet here. It holds it perfectly. It's just enough to keep the baby smell out. Um, and then Snoop Dogg helps. I'm big into upcycling because like as soon as we're normally done the podcast when I'm in studio every week, I take that mic off and I'm like, <laughs> sexy time and just shove that microphone right <laughs> up my cute. <laughs> so, uh, 
So Alex then uh, is dead, and they still need to figure out how to get out of the house. So they build a battering ram to try to get get their way out. Uh, uh, they eventually get out, and the one guy who's, who's got the dildo, he's like, I'm going first through the toxic sludge that I guess has now enveloped the house, which really just looks like a couple of rags that are just... <laughs> it's just a couple of fucking dingy rags. But he gets got by the suckling but you don't really see what happens to him because i think at the very end of the movie no spoilers that's him at the end of the movie right whose face is fucking melting outside of the uh of the place i think that's right yeah there's a really good face melt scene at the end where like two people are just walking by the house looking like oh my gosh and it's like it's like the flesh is falling off of this skeleton's face in uh, the front yard this is why Summer's Eve is so important, ladies. You got to get that pH just right. Like, if it's just a little <laughs> bit too acidic, it'll just burn his face right off. Uh, and then, uh, so of course, the shitty boyfriend he gets murdered, right? Um, and then in a in a scene where I, if you told me that this was the ending, I wouldn't believe you until I seen it happen. Mom is over in the corner, gets trying to get away, and all of a sudden the suckling starts running at her. And the three-part process of the the change from this giant monster, there's one scene where it's just like the shittiest special effect. It's actually just like a wooden doll for a second. I was like, why is it a wooden doll? And then back to that baby form uh, in in like a three-step de-evolution process (laughs) i don't know why it reminds me of like the movie orgasmo where rod jeremy gets kicked in the face and it's just a clay pot for a second that gets broken it has that same kind of shitty special effect energy right there uh that uh it then goes back into the womb from whence it came and uh like okay and then you see a little movement like class of newcomb high as it's like riding around in her stomach Next thing you know, I think, I think a lot of people compare this to the uh, Edward Norton version of the Hulk <laughs> when he turns back into a, a small baby <laughs> versus the Hulk. <laughs> yes, this is a, this is. The, uh, are you saying that the suckling is canon MCU now? Is that what it? <laughs> well, you know, not only has he has special powers of like kind of like Ant Man. Without the uh, the pig pygmy uh, pygmy stuff, the pygmy solution, um, but um, yeah yeah he's um, he he can enclose houses with his placenta, and he can grow and 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 and, and collapse. And I like how they they compared this movie to Alien. It's just pretty much it, they instead of a, a spaceship, it's a it's an abandoned house. So pretty much the same movie. <laughs> Oh man! So no, I I I did the same thing. Uh, also, now Ashley, what happens next? It kind of ties into your favorite kind of movie, okay? And I hate I I hate to bring this up again, but you've had a pick after pick of some abandoned place where a rescue mission has to happen and then people are found. We've talked about this multiple times, right? That is so not fair on this <laughs> one, but whatever. But the police enter the <laughs> on a on a salvage mission to find out what's going on. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. But it's almost like it found you this time. It found you. You didn't find it. 
Um, but it kind of fits uh, into A lot of your... people compare this scene to the beginning of Aliens when they, yeah, they yeah. find the salvage ship, <laughs> yeah. but it's only her alive and the cat. Yeah, so uh, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. So she ends up going to the fucking Looney Ward, and uh, they're like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe it or not, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she's in a straitjacket. She's crazy. But you'd think this would just be the end of the movie. No, sir, it's not, because you know what? We haven't had a solid rape scene. So the movie ends with one of the orderlies going to go give her the old in out. Uh, and as this is happening, of course, the baby's in there and still super pissed. Tentacle wraps him. The fucking spike goes through the guy's thing. Blood shoots everywhere as the other orderly who's watching like this going, ah! and it just ends with the two little people, the two other crazies watching through the door. Like, yeah, hey, all right. Woo-hoo! I told you. Uh, so uh and and then of course that guy's face melting outside of the house shortly after with a guy who's uh uh who's with a little kid that's wearing a shirt that says fuck dis <laughs> which I thought was a nice I don't know why I liked that but I did. He reminded me of a young Eric Woodworth. Eric Woodworth, you know, at in 1990, you put me in a fuck dis shirt and uh I would have done it for sure. So wait a second, that the ending did have to do with this movie that made no sense whatsoever. Oh, with the with the uh, with the face melt at the very end. So I think my, my I didn't even understand how that fit into the movie at all. I think that he crawled through the toxic waste. The suckling got him, and then this is supposed to be outside of the house, and the guy's face is melting off. Like it almost seemed like something that was added to the movie or that wasn't even part of the movie. Could been. Yeah, it was not well done. It was not well done. I'm noticing it was like some no continuity error. It, just ha- it, it, it felt like he just threw that on the end of the movie. Like, oh, here's another movie I'm doing. <laughs> Jerry was waiting for episode two to start at that point. <laughs> you know, if he had ended the movie with the, with the rape and the, the one guy being uh, uh, killed in the little room where the rape was going on, you know, I think... One of the guys being killed, they could have just stopped the camera and he'd put like his thumbs up like sequel like this. <laughs> I think that would have been a better ending. That probably would have, Jeremy. And I think what if we could take away anything from this movie, um, it's that Baby Eater isn't going to make the same mistakes that the suckling did. You know, it's it's continuity is going to be flawless. Um, we'll never notice that at one point, uh, I at, was filmed part of it with a mullet and part of it without, um, oh, you're getting, oh, you're getting a mullet wig, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that the mullet wig won't match what my old one looked like at all. I, uh, you know, listen, I, I kind of like that, that I look two and a half years older than when I filmed the other parts. You know, it, there's little things like that, that I think are going to really mwah, make this a chef's kiss. Good movie here. Um, but that brings us to an end of the suckling. Ashley, your final thoughts on the suckling. <clears throat> you know, it's not a perfect movie. What? But it... <laughs> 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 you know what? It's it's not a perfect movie, but my God, it just reminds me that I am pro Similac uh, shortage that we have going on right now. <sighs> Pro Similac shortage. All right. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, uh, Jeremy, your final thoughts on the suckling? Um, it's great to see that $10,000 was, was spent very well. Um, <laughs> 
And of course, uh, the most ironic part of this movie is that um, even though he was an aborted fetus, he still protected the the woman from being raped. So oh, I thought that, that was good. very ironic. It's a good. You know what? He's a good boy. Ultimately, mm. he just wanted to be with his mom. Uh, no, I mean he's really just trying to protect himself from getting fucked. But no, you think I, it was you think it was a selfish act? Then I guess you know what? If yeah. I walked, if right now, if I just saw somebody's dick poking into my house, I would be a little upset. I'd be a little. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little. I'd be a little perturbed. Okay. Yeah, Eric would be like, "Hey, <laughs> mine's perfectly fine. Get out of here." <laughs> Yeah, movies movies have uh, evolved into movies like Teeth. Yeah, yeah. It does have a kind of a teeth ending, you know, because they, we don't know if that guy's peen made it out uh, very well. I'm going to guess not with those razor-sharp fangs that are in there. So, But uh, the suckling is very dangerous. I, liked, I personally liked how bad this was. I put it right in the same kind of category as... Um, from dialogue to bad acting, it's not as badly acted as uh, what Killing Spree. It's definitely not that bad. That's probably the worst acted movie we've ever done on this. But there's a couple that could have been in Killing Spree and not missed a fucking step. Let me tell you, if right. that if this black guy in the movie got added to the Killing Spree movie, he would have fit into that universe hard. Um, right. But uh, I liked I, overall. I liked it. It's a fun project. It's like watching a little mini Guar movie. Uh, it, it, it really, it was really fun. Could have used some metal and stuff like that. But overall, a great time. Uh, and thanks for bringing us. And I don't know. We're either going to hear an interview from the guy in a second, or you already heard it. Who knows? Who knows how anything works? Ashley, where can people find you at next week or this week? Uh, it's you- Monday. Hey, <laughs> you can always find me online at Ash. Ashley Pontia Slaps. You will be able to catch me, uh, let's see, the 27th, 28th, 29th, that whole weekend. I have shows which you can find on my Instagram or Facebook. Fuck yeah. Go check out. Get you some Ashley Pontius Laughs up in you life. And don't and don't forget to fucking check out her merch store either, where you can get the fucking gore whore on. Uh, me, uh, all things Eric Comedy, of course, at ericcomedy.com. Uh, I got the fucking Beach Bash show with the Ravens coming up. I got the fucking bullshit here and there so catch me around town i'm pretty funny jeremy take us out of here brother forget about the xenophobes you can't escape the suckling oh xenomorphs not xenophobes sorry (laughs) toxic avenger that's coming out I'll I'll believe it when it happens because I've been hearing about a major studio Toxic Avenger for probably ten or twelve years because they keep it like Schwarzenegger was going to star in it at one point, James Gunn was going to do it again, oh, and they man. keep hearing about it, but it never actually gets before the cameras. So do you think I'll, is I'll, it just I'll a bit? It. Is it just a bit this whole time? And it, people, it's just a joke. I want it to I be think, real. It has to be at this point. I think it's one of these projects, you know, there've been a lot of them that just like they get announced and they get people attached and then something happens and it doesn't go through. You know, it's, Mm. I remember uh, for one of the anniversary issues of Fangoria, you remember the terror teletype that used to be in Fango and it would be like a little list of all the, the latest projects that are coming. Yes, Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. One, one liner is separated by ellipses. Mm -hmm. Well, for, for one of the anniversary issues of Fango, I went back through old issues 
and pulled out all the projects that got announced that never got made. Okay. And it could have filled six pages of the magazine. <laughs> I mean, just just the stuff George Romero was attached to alone that never got made. It's mm. a very sad kind of like history of all these projects, you know. Romero's going to direct this, that, the other thing, and they never happen. Just never so, happen. Ah. Toxic Avenger again. I would love to see that happen. I think Dinklage is inspired casting, but I'll believe it when it actually gets before the cameras and gets out into theaters. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's make Troma put their money where their mouth is, okay? And by that, I mean at least, you know, $70,000 to make it. Um. <laughs> I think New Line is the company that's had the rights for a while, so it's it's them that you have to go after. Oh, New Line. Okay, they, we, they could make a big budget one. It would be. Yeah, no, the, the rights have been with, like, people who have real money. They just never were able to commit, I guess. So I just, listen, it, it can't be a shit director at this point. I need somebody that's going to respect the original source material, which is a trashy movie, right? Like, James Gunn would treat it correctly. Well, yeah, you or get, someone you should, similar. They really to that. should get James Gunn in there if they're going to do it right. So, yeah. we'll see. Or, or I, give give the South Park guys a shot. Have Lloyd Kaufman call up his old buddies. He gave he gave South Park their start with Hannibal, Hannibal the Musical. I'd watch a South Park production, uh, a Matt Stone and Trey Parker Toxic Avenger movie. That's, that be that's a good idea. Yeah, they could do it. There you go. Look, I'm a dreamer. I can't wait. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, man. Thanks again for uh, coming on, 